you ever look at other people's lives, especially now with social media, and wonder how that other mom gets so much stuff done? Well, that's the topic of today's conversation, time. Let's keep calm and mother on. Mothering is way too important to do alone and way too serious to be serious all the time. My name is Christy Thomas, and I am here shoulder to shoulder with you, mothering and enjoying life together. This is the podcast where you can focus on being mindful and taking a deep breath with me and learning new things so you can pause and savor the amazing life you already have. Today's guest, Crystal Payne, is the founder of the MoneySavingMom.com, host of the Crystal Payne Show podcast and a New York Times bestselling author. Her desire is to help women across the globe live with more joy, purpose, and intention in their everyday lives. She lives with her husband and six kids in Nashville, Tennessee. Her biggest passions are raising awareness for foster care, going on adventures with her family, locally, domestically, and internationally, finding great deals at the grocery store, and having heartfelt conversations. She also loves to read too many books at one time. I am very excited today to welcome Crystal Payne on to Keep Calm and Mother On. Welcome, Crystal. Christy, I am so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I am holding your newest book. (laughs) It's The Time-Saving Mom. So let's talk a little bit about your life, because how many kids do you have, Crystal? (laughs) We have six kids. We've actually doubled our family size in the last few years. So that's not something that you know, you can always say, but yes, they are 18 down to seven months. Yeah, that is a huge span. And you run a blog that I have followed for years, The Money Saving Mom. So if people recognize you, that's probably where they know you from. Yes. I mean, I hope, I mean, they might recognize me as the lady at the store with all the kids or something. (laughs) Maybe, (laughs) maybe. But so... You wrote this book, but you didn't really want to write this book, which I found was interesting. Um, so what made you write a book about how to save time for moms? Because there's a lot of noise out there for moms. Yes. And honestly, that was really my pushback. Uh, my publisher, they came and they pitched this idea. They actually pitched it over the course of a few years. They really <laughs> wanted this book. And I was like, you guys do not know how many time management books there are out there. And what, what am I going to have to contribute? And they're like, no, Crystal, I really feel like you have systems and strategies in place that are allowing you to really enjoy your life and to juggle a lot. And, um, and so I was like, okay, let me just think about it. But I had this other book that I really wanted to write. They're like, no, we think you should write this one. And so I did just, I took a few days and I really thought about it. And I realized, okay, people ask me all the time, how do you do it? But it's not just how do you do it? It's how do you do it? And you seem like you actually enjoy your life, which I do. And um, I started thinking about, well, how do I actually do that? And (laughs) I came up, you know, I just realized there are a lot of systems that I have in place. They've been in place for so long that I don't even really think of them as a system. It's just Mm -hmm. something that happens naturally. And so this book really came out of my publishers encouraging me to do it. But then (laughs) as I was writing it, recognizing this is something that I've been passionate about for years. In fact, as I was talking to my mom on the phone months and months ago, as I was thinking about maybe saying yes to this book idea, she was like, well, don't you remember your high school graduation? And I was like, 
what? And she's like, remember your speech at your high school graduation. And I remembered then. So I was homeschooled, not yeah. the valid. Let's make that real clear. So I gave a speech <laughs> at my graduation because when you're homeschooled, you can. You graduate. Yeah, everyone gets their own graduation ceremony when you're That's homeschooled. That's right. It's really special. You graduate <laughs> at the top and the bottom of your class. But anyway, um, and so I gave the speech on time is short. And that was the thing that I really wanted to just impress upon people that time is short. You only have one life to live. And I really want to challenge people to use their time and their life intentionally. And so it's been something that I've been passionate about for years. Um, so I'm just really excited about the opportunity to share this book. The more that I wrote, the more excited that I got about it. And also some really unexpected things happened in the process of me writing the book that allowed me to become my own case study as to do these principles actually work. <laughs> and they do. And I found it interesting at the beginning when your mom reminded you about your graduation speech, the trigger for all of that was losing a grandparent, right? Your grandmother's death. Yes. Um, so was your grandma someone super important to you? Yes. So she, we were very, very close. She came over to our house multiple times a week. She was so good about taking each of us out individually and doing special things with each of us. And just like someone who is a major, major figure in my life. Mm -hmm. And she had been sick, like just where, you know, she was getting older and she'd always had some health problems. And so she'd been sick for a number of months, but it was always just like really minor things. Mm -hmm. Like they just thought it was like, at first it was like, it's gout. And then she has this and she has that, but it, it was never anything major until all of a sudden she got really sick, went into the hospital. And, um, within, I think it was about 36 hours, they, I, I guess they hadn't run the right test before, but okay. this time they did and found out that she had cancer all throughout her body. Yep. And she, so she died within four days. And so we got to go up and see her at the hospital. Um, but it was like, we were just processing this yeah. information. You know, she had Super shocking. Body, and then we saw her. I believe it was Sunday afternoon. We went up to see her, and then by Sunday evening, she was basically in and out of a coma, mm -hmm. and then she died on Sunday night. And so it was just like one of those things where you just can't even imagine life without her. Like yep. it was just it took our family a really long time to even figure out like who we are without her there. And it just impressed upon me deeply that you never know. Like it's so easy to just assume you have forever and you don't and that time is short. And so that really, I was um 12 around that time. And so just really that, okay, like I want to live my life well because I don't know that I'm guaranteed tomorrow. So we have a similar story around 12 and a half to 13. My, um, my closest grandparent died at that point, um, from cancer and his funeral was packed. And I remember thinking like, how did he make a legacy? How did so many people feel loved by him? Um, and that was a big moment for me to value time in my life from that point on. So we have a similar experience that because grandparents make such a big difference. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like your grandmother, just like my grandpa, really knew how to live well. He prioritized yes. connection and saying no to things. I remember talking to him about why he didn't volunteer at certain places because he knew he couldn't give his best to everywhere. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think one of those things, I love how you talk about thinking of the funeral. And that sounds really morbid. Like to, <laughs> it does, right? I, oftentimes, I think about my funeral. Like, I think about 
the end of my life and what I want to look back on and what's really going to matter because I feel like I want to live today as if it were my last day here on Mm -hmm. earth. I want to, I don't want to wait until the end of my life and be like, if only, if only I want to live with that in view of, you know, people are one of the most important things mm-hmm. that we can wrap our time in our life around. And so this book for me was really about, okay, how do we, what are these systems that I have in place that allow me to then be present with people? Because that's what's most important. And so I want to create great systems for yeah. the things that have to be done, the things that need to be done. I mean, we can't just like not do laundry or make food. So no, you have to like every that. day. There's more laundry and more dishes and more meals to feed. <laughs> And so recognizing, okay, so how do we do those things well so that they're not just taking up all of our time so that we can focus our time and our energy on those things that are going to matter at the end of our life? So it sounds like you really got clear on your priorities. How do you figure out what your priorities are? So one of the chapters in the book is called my six times two priority system. And this is something that's been so helpful for me for a long time. I felt very stretched thin because I felt like no matter where I was, I should be five other places. Like I could never be fully present because it was like, well, I need to be over there. Like if I was working and doing my work, mm-hmm. then I'm feeling like I need to be with my kids. If I'm with my husband, I need to be with my kids. If I'm with my kids, I should be doing work. I should be with my husband. You know, it's like I can never show up fully where I was because I always felt like I needed to be somewhere else. And so the six time two priority system has been so helpful for me because I still have the same priorities. I have six priority areas, but I only hold two at once. And so every day I just choose two to focus on and I rotate which ones I focus on throughout the week so that over the course of the week, each priority area has had focus time twice at least. And you look at the course of a, a week instead yeah. of the day. And then that allows me to be fully present there. For instance, my um, 18 year old daughter, she's graduating and she's working on her thesis paper right now. And yesterday morning, she said, could you help me with my thesis paper tonight? And she really wanted, that was not just like, Hey, can you look through it? Like, Hey, can you, she likes me to sit next to her and mm-hmm. kind of you know, and talk through these concepts and things with her because that's how she works best. And so I knew that it was going to take probably a good two hours. And so that was one of my priorities yesterday. It was just investing in her. Yeah. And then yesterday was also Monday, which is the day that I kind of just do a home reset. And so my home was also a priority. So in the morning, I blocked off some time to just focus on getting everything kind of back in order over the weekend. We don't really do dishes or laundry or cleaning over on Sunday, which yeah. is kind of day of rest. And so there's a lot to do on Monday, but that's okay. The day of rest is worth it. But I block off time that on Monday to have my home be the priority. And then in the evening, I blocked off time for her to be my priority. And so those were my two priority areas yesterday. And I was able to be fully present in those. But then today, it's going to be different. Today, yeah. I'm focused on my, there's some business stuff that I need to do. Mm -hmm. And so that is a priority. And also then um, I'm going to focus on my husband. We just haven't had a lot of time the last few days to really connect. And so just after the kids go to bed, just an at-home date night. And so just every day picking those two areas and then it doesn't feel overwhelming. It doesn't feel like I have so much that I have to do and I can't be fully here. But also every area is getting intentional quality time. 
Yeah, it sounds like um, the trick that my pediatrician told me about looking at what my toddlers were eating, right? Like a toddler doesn't eat a balanced meal every single meal of every single day. If you look over the course of a week, they've had a pretty decent amount of the right amount of foods. Um, so by spreading it out and doing little bits every day, it sounds like you've been able to really feel invested in what really matters. When you think about like in relationships, mm-hmm. if twice a week are really investing in a relationship over the course of a year. That is a lot of investment and that adds up. And so the other thing that I love about this is that you're able to be fully there, which I think so often (laughs) we are showing up quote unquote, but we're not fully showing up because our brain is all these other places. And so just to be able to give that quality time and be fully there and not stressed because we know those other areas, they're going to get focused on too throughout the rest of the week. When you talk about um, being able to be present, one of the big takeaways from the book was that your morning actually starts the night before. And I think this is something that more moms need to hear because we all have the experience of being waken awoken by a child, right? And having someone stand over you or having someone crying in a crib and then your day feels like it's spiraling. So you start your best day the night before. Can you tell us more? Yes. I really feel like a successful day starts the night before. And this doesn't mean that you need to have some elaborate evening routine, (laughs) but just what are a few things that you can do before you go to bed to set up your day for success? One of those for me is to write a time block to-do list. And I talk extensively in the book about how this works for me, how it can be adapted depending upon your season Mm -hmm. of life. But I use Google Calendar to brain dump all the things that I need to remember that I want to remember. And then before I go to bed, I look at the next day on Google Calendar and see what are the tasks that I want to do? What are the things Mm -hmm. that I need to do? What are those activities that are pre-scheduled? And then I write a time block to-do list that is just the events of the day in the order that I want to do them. And it's like a budget for your time. I'm a big fan of budgeting (laughs) with moneysavingmom.com. I've taught people how to budget for years and talking about if you pre-decide where your money goes, you're going to be a lot more intentional with it. And you're also going to have a lot less stress because you're not worried when I go to the store to buy groceries Mm -hmm. and pay that money. I'm not worried. Do I have enough money to pay the electric bill? (laughs) And so pre-deciding where you're going to spend your money gives you a lot less stress and helps you be more intentional. Same thing with your time. When you pre-decide how you're going to spend your time, you are much more intentional and you're much less stressed. And one of the reasons is because I used to create a to-do list without time blocks and it would be like 37 hours (laughs) worth of work. And so then I'd get to 4 or 5 p.m. and I'd be so upset because I'd be frustrated. Like I, I had so much more that I need to do and there's no way to do it. And so when you do a time block to-do list, it really helps because you're able to see, oh, I only have 24 hours and (laughs) I need to invest at least seven of them in sleep. And so this is what I have to work with. And so I need to be wise with these hours and I'm not going to be able to say yes to everything. The other thing is I recommend that you add a lot of buffer room to those hours and that you have at least two to four hours of just margin time where you don't plan anything because life is going to happen. Interruptions are going to come up. And also you need to be able to breathe. Like you don't need to squeeze every little ounce out of every little minute throughout the day. Otherwise that's just 
Like that's a life of misery. And so being able to breathe and being able to have interruptions happen. I mean, with six children, three that are under three, I have a lot of interruptions in my life, but when I've planned for them, then they don't feel like a frustrating thing. It's like, Oh, I planned for this. I could totally show up and be present and change this diaper or um, help this child or whatever, because I allowed that wiggle room. Yeah. Because they're really your most important priority. Um, over and over again, you say that in the book, like, you know, your family, your husband, your kids, those are where you want to spend your time and your heart the most. So it's interesting that you allow for buffer room because I feel like so many moms make a to-do list that have thousands of things on them that are impossible to do every day. And then they go to bed or at dinner, they snap at everyone because they feel unsuccessful. Um, have you ever experienced that? It sounds like you have. So, yes. <laughs> so what made you move to the time block system? You know, it was something that I sort of fell into. And I think it it came as I started working from home. Um, For years, I have been the primary breadwinner. And so I needed to prioritize working my work hours. And so it would just be something that was a hobby. And so I realized that I could either open up the computer and I could just put out fires because there's lots of fires. (laughs) If you're on the internet, there's always, you know, comments and emails Mm -hmm. and social media and all that. Or I could decide ahead of time, these are the things that I want to invest this time that I have to work on the computer. And so it kind of started from there where I would just plan out my work hours. And that's where I encourage people if you're like, I don't want to do a full on time block Mm -hmm. to do this. Maybe there are a few hours during the day, whether it's, you know, work stuff or other projects where you're like, I, I want to use these hours and I want to have a plan for that. Or maybe it's the first few hours of your day and have a plan that. Um, but that, so I started with that and then it just kind of morphed into, I found that writing everything down was so helpful. And now it is extremely helpful because <laughs> there are so many different irons in the fire. Yes. And like I write down on my list, like before, wherever I'm going to, you know, knowing, okay, which child or children I'm taking with me, I will write down, bring bottle, bring ergo, bring, you know, like, I, <laughs> yep. like it's just my brain on paper. Mm-hmm. And the thing, love about it is it gets all the things that are just constantly swirling around in my head, gets them out of there and I have a place to put them. So then I have space in my brain also to just breathe. You know, I think we need space in our schedule, but Mm -hmm. I also think we need space in our brain. And we don't realize oftentimes how much just keeping all those random thoughts swirling in our head the emotional toll that it takes on us and how much it weighs us down and exhausts us. And so if we get rid of some of that by putting it in a place where we can access it easily and it's working for us, but it's not up in our head just hanging there, it's going to allow us to have a lot less stress. So one of the other strategies you have in your book is similar to one that I found when my husband was deployed and people are like, how do you do it? How do you parent multiple kids when your husband is under the ocean with zero communication, right? Um, and I always say that I lower my standards, which I think is similar to your make it easy strategy. <laughs> Can you tell yes. us about that? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so it's interesting. The last two and a half years, we brought home four babies. Um, we are foster parents. And so one, um, we brought him home from the NICU and we fostered him for eight months. And then he reunified with his mom. I share a little bit about that in the book. And then we had two biological and then also um, a sweet little boy that we fostered for 22 months and then recently adopted. And Congratulations. Of- Thank you so much. Uh, it's such a gift. 
but he has Down syndrome and um, came with a severe cleft um, lip and palate and also a feeding tube. And so we had to learn all sorts of things in just a very short <laughs> overnight, of basically, like yes. he got um, brought to your house basically at midnight. It sounded like. Yes. And so overnight I had to learn how to do a feeding tube and showed up to the pedi- my pediatrician called her and said, I have this child. I need your help. I don't know how to do this. I didn't get any of the training or the classes, you know, but so we had to learn. Um, he was working with, I think about 15 specialists at that point and just had to track them all down and have the appointments. He had a surgery within a few um, weeks. And, um, so through the course of all of that, I just have had to learn like there is a level when you hit your capacity. I'm sure you understand this so much where it's like, I just can't do all the things. And Mm -hmm. so I have to decide, okay, like my mantra is I'm going to do the best that I can do. And Mm -hmm. so I just remind myself of that often. And on days when maybe I feel like, you know what, we're, we're getting places late and we're, you know, the one that that we're kind of walking in with like just a little bit bedraggled or something. No, Uh I just remind myself, I did the best that I could do. Like I, I have these three little children and you're doing the best that we can do. And so that really helps me to just, like you said, it's lowering the standard and it's not laziness at all. It's just reality. Like it's being a realist of, I am only one person and I can only do what I can do. So as long as I'm doing the best that I can do and having a cheerful attitude, Mm -hmm. I think that's the other thing. Like I feel like if I have a cheerful, calm attitude it kind of makes up for a whole lot of other things, you know, and I would rather Absolutely. that we get, get there a little late and someone has, you know, didn't get their hair fixed <laughs> and someone has a stain on their shirt, but I'm cheerful and I'm calm and yep. we're having a good time. Then that we got there on time <laughs> and everybody looks great, yep. but I yelled at them the whole time just to get out the door because it was more about like the appearance and it's yeah. more about reputation. It was more about what other people thought. Yep. And this almost impossible standard that I put on these little children. Absolutely. Saying, you know what? We're going to do the best we can do and we're going to enjoy the process. Yeah. And that's where the lower the standards came for me is that I, I wanted to stop striving to be a perfect mom to make up for the fact their dad was deployed. Like I couldn't do that. And they were getting this mom that was so tired and stressed out and not enjoying any of it. Um, and I just wanted to enjoy them. So I had to lower the standards where they could be lowered. Mm. It's hard work being a mom. <laughs> it is. It is one of the hardest things I have ever done. I feel like it just, it stretches you in ways that you never, you never really could imagine. It was funny. One of my friends was over the other day. She's a single mom and she has a two-year-old that she adopted from foster care and our kids were playing and yeah. in the process, her, her daughter turned on the jacuzzi. Uh, took, we had given the girls like a little snack of marshmallows. She uh-huh. took my daughter's marshmallows and threw them into the water in the jacuzzi. And we were just I, like, we had to handle the situation. Like my daughter was crying. Her daughter was upset. <laughs> like it was this whole thing. And we were, but like, um, we went in the other room and we just laughed. Because we're like, <laughs> yep. who would have ever thought that you would be in my bathroom? I, like fishing marshmallows out of the jacuzzi, but this is where, <laughs> you know, and, and you just, you just have to laugh because they always are coming up with things. You're like, well, I didn't exactly tell you not to do that. So, I mean, yeah, okay, that was very creative. Give you props for creativity there. Yeah, there's just so many times in motherhood. I'm like, am I really saying this? Like, 
Do I, what? Like, I never expected to have to tell you not to have to be inside of the toilet. Like, you don't have to stand inside the toilet to go to the bathroom. I remember having to expressly teach that when one of my kids was potty trained. I was like, what? This is nonsense. There's so much of life that you can't expect, can't expect in any way. Um, which happened to you when you were writing this book. You really tested all of these strategies to unpack the invisible scaffolding is what I would call it that you use every day to help manage your life. When you were um, writing this book, you found out you were pregnant again. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So we had 10 years of secondary infertility. We have an 18 year old, 15 year old, 13 year old, 10 years of secondary infertility went through all of the fertility testing, all of that. And they said we weren't even candidates for IVF. They were just like, you know, you're not going to have biological kids. Um, so we grieved that and then God opened up the door for foster care and we started stepping into that. And we were going through the whole licensing process, got to the very last week of mm-hmm. our home study walkthrough found out that we were expecting. So that was two and a half years ago um, with our biological daughter. And so, like I said, then we brought a little boy home from the NICU. Mm-hmm. So we had these two newborns um, in 2020. It was um, very sweet, very, you know, just like turned our life upside down to, you know, yeah. go for like 10 years. And then all of a sudden we have two newborns. Um, then he reunified with his mom. And then three months later, we said yes to David, which we talked about in the middle of the night. He came to us yep. all these needs. And um, if from the get-go with him, we knew that probably adoption was going to be how his case was going to end because his mom wasn't able to take care of all of his medical needs. But we didn't feel like God was calling us to adopt mm-hmm. him. Um, there was another family that stepped in right away. There were some friends of ours and it just looked like this beautiful thing. Like it was just going to be beautiful. And so I had said yes to this book thinking that he was going to be moving to their home. <laughs> and so that I was going to have, you know, there was going to be the space for me to be able to write this book. And so I, he was in the process of starting that yeah move right as I started this book and it was going to be, you know, within the like six weeks. And then some things just happened. I Mm -hmm. read about this book where then that family just had some just change of heart and just really felt like this wasn't how they were being called. Mm -hmm. And so we were left like, wait, hold on. (laughs) Never even something we considered adopting him and the lifelong, like he's going to need caregiving for the rest of his life. He's just going to our older kids, you know, I mean, all of our kids. And um, so just really prayed about it a lot and just felt like we were supposed to say yes. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to have two toddlers. Um, okay. I, I think I can, I can do this book. We'll, we'll figure out how to make yeah. that work. And it, well, then four weeks later, found out I was expecting. Um, and it was one of those, <laughs> like, I thought I must be going through early menopause or something. Right. Like, it was, yeah. Cause it I think we're the same age. We're both 41, right? Yes. And it was never even something that I was like, it wasn't on, like, that wasn't even on the radar at all. <laughs> you know, like we had, we, David, the whole thing, like when, you know, we had prayed about it and thought about it, it was like, okay, he's our caboose. Like that was mm-hmm. the whole thing. We really, we spent all this time like wrapping our heads around like him. Okay. We're going to have five kids. He's going to be the caboose. And like, you know, we're going to do this. And like, yes. And so then four weeks later for me to find out, I was expecting <laughs> we were like, it took us a week to even just 
for my husband and I, we didn't tell anyone else, not even our kids, like, cause we just couldn't even process this. Like what, you know? And, um, so he's ended up just being the greatest gift, but this book, I was in the middle of writing yeah. this book. So I was like, well, I don't know how to write a book in the middle of morning, noon and night sickness while I also have five other children. Yeah. And, um, and I was just like, I literally said, I don't think I have time. And then I realized <laughs> that's the whole point of this book of like, you don't say, I don't have time. Yeah. And you change your mindset of like how you're choosing to spend your time. And, and I realized, okay, well then I guess, what if I became my own case study? And yep. so the last chapter of the book is called the chapter I never expected to write. And yeah. it goes to talks about how I, really used the principles and the strategies and the systems in the book during that season that was really unexpected. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing was I ended up turning in the book early. I don't even know That's how crazy. that happened, but, but it works. And so I'm here to say that these principles do work. And you have a great support team, right? Like, let's make that clear. Like your husband stays home, I believe, or is at home most of the time. And you've got these great three teenagers, almost teenager for your um, one, but yeah, it, it, you, you're not alone in motherhood in any way. Well, and I think that that's one thing that is so important is that I feel like building that community around you, like I'm uh-huh. sure you know this, like you cannot do this on your own. And for me, one thing that is so important, um, Dr. Sandra Dalton Smith has a book called sacred rest yes. and talks about the seven different kinds of rest, but one of them in there that we often don't talk about is social rest. Yep. And I found for me, that is so important that I am around life giving people. And so, yes, I'm so blessed that my husband is home full time and that I get to do this, Mm -hmm. you know, job that I absolutely love. Um, Launching a book and working full-time is a little interesting because (laughs) I'm putting these principles to test because it's definitely like you have a part-time job and full-time job. It's extra, extra. Yeah. Right. But, um, you know, just having that support system around you and people who you are spending time with for me prioritizing relationships in my community and people and, and getting creative of like one of my friends, you know, we oftentimes we'll go to the park and we walk. So we're getting our kids, uh, their yep. strollers share and sunshine, and we're getting to talk some as well mm-hmm. and getting creative with how you make that happen. But I think it's so important to prioritize relationships because when we go it alone, we try to do it on our mm-hmm. own. We just, I feel like don't have the same sort of energy as we do when we have life-giving people that we're regularly spending time with. And when you were writing this book and living that season, was it an opportunity for you to say yes for other people to help you? It was an opportunity for one, for me to say no to a lot of things. Okay. That was one thing yep. I realized that I, I just really had to streamline and I talk about this where it's like, okay, what are the essentials? And just very much focus on that. And I feel like, um, during my pregnancy, there were a number of months where I just didn't, you know, it was like, I just had to kind of put my blinders on yeah. and I didn't have to spend as much time outside of the home with friends and that sort okay. of thing. Because wasn't feeling well. And so just focusing on the essentials. Um, and you know, there are seasons I feel like where we just kind of like hone in yep. and focus on. And then also for me to say to my husband, like, I can't do this by myself. So yep. what does this look like? And so for our teens to really step up and for him to step up and for us to do this as a family and make this work as a family and to know that it's okay that we're going to, it's going to look different for this season. Yeah. 
then we're going to come back to some of those other things. And, you know, so we, it's been fun for us to get back to some of the things that we were doing because I have more energy now. I was going to say, what was the number one thing that you wanted to add back into your family life? So I think the number one thing was spending time with life-giving people. So we didn't, we usually open up our home a lot for a lot of hospitality. And for a, I would say it was probably a five month period. We did not do much of that. Oh, wow. And have a few people into our home, but it wasn't like groups of people. Cause mm-hmm. I just knew, I was like, I can't do that. Yeah. Um, and so it's been really great for us to be able to open up our home again, very multiple times a week and have people into our home. And then also for us to just do fun things, more mm-hmm. fun things, because I have a lot more energy. And so just doing fun things as a family and fun things with my husband, I just, I missed that even though it was like, <laughs> I didn't really have the energy for it yeah. or the, you know, when you're just nauseous 24 seven, you yep. don't really have a lot of desire for a lot of things. Um, so it's, we've really enjoyed getting to just get back to some of that. That's really cool. Um, so every episode here, Crystal ends with a self care idea for a mom and a family fun idea. So your book has a lot of self care ideas, but how are you taking care of yourself right now? So this might sound weird, but my habit tracker is one way that I really take care of myself. And I have a chapter in the book on that. And so it's just 11 areas of my life that simple mm-hmm. daily things that I want to do, like listen to an audio book for 30 minutes a day, read for 10 minutes a day, do my workout, drink enough water, take my collagen. And those having it on a little habit tracker mm-hmm. that I'm ch- the boxes for is so helpful to me to remember that I want to prioritize it, but also it helps me to see how I'm doing. And so my goal is to get five check marks across on each line. Okay. I'm not sure you're perfect. I don't need seven <laughs> check marks. And if I get that, great. But five in yeah. a week, I feel like that I've really focused and done a good job of that. And so this is something that has been very helpful to me to also see how I'm doing. So if I'm feeling like I'm starting to feel really tired or exhausted or feeling stress coming on, I can look at that habit tracker and I can see, oh, you know what? I didn't get enough sleep because I have sleep for seven hours. I didn't get enough sleep for a few days row and that has impacted it. Or I haven't spent much time um, working out this week and (laughs) that impacted me. And so this is, that's something that's been so helpful. And it just is also really rewarding at the end of the week to look back and be like, look at all the investment that I made in things that are going to help me get to where I want to go long-term. I love being able to see progress too, right? Like so much of motherhood is just monotony of dishes and laundry and bedtimes and nap times and driving here and there. Um, but it's the habit tracker really allows you to remind yourself at the end of the week that you did pour into yourself and love yourself well. And that those little moments, like capturing the little moments, yeah. you know, five minutes here, 10 minutes here, you know, some, some of them only take like two minutes. Yeah. And so prioritizing those two minutes to do something, not just scrolling on your phone, <laughs> yep. do something that is at the end of the week, you're like, Oh, look, you like, look at all the time <laughs> yeah. I invested. I finished a book because I just invested those little minutes in reading a book or listening to a book. That's awesome. And what is your family fun right now? Now that you have the energy for it. Okay, so we are super excited because just recently we found childcare for our youngest three. Yeah. It's been 
been a big, we haven't had any childcare just because um, David was having the feeding tube and then having three under three, you can't just like ask a 16 year old. That's an intense ask. You need someone skilled. um, He has a lot of medical stuff and everything. So we just found a couple who they are going to regularly, like once or twice a month, watch our little ones. So we do fun things with our older ones, which they are very excited about. And so it's not our full, our whole family, but it's, so we have been planning some different things. So we're super excited because we have one coming up and um, we, my husband and I just went recently, we did laser tag, which was so much fun. We went with other couples um, because our older kids will watch the younger ones, but that's all the childcare that we have. So my husband and I sometimes get to go do things, but we haven't done stuff with our older kids. So we're very excited because we are planning a laser tag night um, in two weeks. So this is fun that's coming, but I also think it's the thing of like anticipating for sure about anticipating fun that I feel like is super, super healthy. Like we need to have things that we're looking forward mm-hmm. to. And then when you're looking forward to them with other people, yeah, I feel like that's, that's like half of the fun. It's just the anticipation with someone else of something that you're excited to get to do with them. Especially with big kids with big schedules, right? Like to get everyone to say yes to one day and to clear that out. Um, yes. is super important. Well, I, I know that you're super competitive, so I hope you get the high score. <laughs> I, well, I did really well in laser tag. I actually was, <laughs> I actually was surprised because I didn't expect that I was, there was a lot of guys that yeah. were competitive and like guys from the military and everything, and like the Boy Scouts. And I was like, I beat some of them. So it was very happy. <laughs> <laughs> that is fantastic. I love that. I can totally see you getting a good spot and just being a sniper. So, yes. <laughs> well, where should people, this book comes out on March 7th. Um, they should pre-order it. And if you pre-order it, are there anything special that they should look for? Anything like that, Crystal? Yes. So we have a bunch of fun things that we're doing for pre-order and we've been rolling them out slowly, but um, we're going to um, have a page with all of the details of everyone, everything that we've rolled out, you're going to be able to still have access to even if it's already been rolled out. Awesome. And so if you just follow me um, on Instagram, the money saving mom on Instagram, I will have all the details I've been sharing there as we're rolling out the freebies. And I'd love for you to just come follow me there too. Um, you never know what you're going to get, but I do share <laughs> a lot of mothering and parenting and money saving stuff. And also just behind the scenes of what it looks like to um, just have this wide age range and how it's never perfect, but it's <laughs> wonderful. And I'm grateful for the gift of this life. Well, I want to tell you that you are exactly the right mom for your kids. And I'm really glad that we're on earth at the same moment. Thank you for being here, Crystal. Thank you so much for having me. I hope that conversation helps you end the comparison trap. No one is getting it done all of the time. Even people who write time management books. Crystal was a delight to talk to. And I want to remind you too, that you are exactly the right mom for your kids. You don't have to be perfect. We're aiming for make it fun, lower the standards, just be good enough. Let your kids rest in your love. That's that's what we all need. I'm so glad you're here. Let's keep calm and mother on together. Don't forget to check out the show notes for all the important links. Follow me on Instagram, follow Crystal, and leave a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Now, have a good enough day. Bye.